0: Just after 11 o'clock, it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Laduke, Spruce and right here in West Edmonton Mall, jerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this fine Friday morning. It's game day. The Oilers set to take on the Minnesota Wild tonight down at the Ice District. Trying to bounce back from Wednesday's overtime loss of the Boston Bruins. is the text line. If you'd like to send us a text, share your thoughts about, well, pretty much anything on this Friday. Freestyle Friday. We'll go wherever you guys want to. Of course, we'll preview the night in the NHL, as well as the weekend and the NBA. Lots going on. We're also going to talk a little football because, uh, for those who don't know, the NFL Combine, Right around the corner, never too early to start getting a little bit of a scouting report on the 2024 class of rookies. So John Macri of Pro Football Focus is going to join us. He is their fantasy analyst and uh, we'll talk about some of the big names. Where are some ideal landing spots for some of those top tier wide receivers, quarterbacks, the running back position? Although it's been devalued, we know that could make or break your team. And there's some nice young prospects Uh, going to be working out next week down in india brandon you a fan of the combine at all because i'll be totally honest with you i have it on in the background the like the entirety of the day i'll be watching
1: yeah it doesn't really move the needle as much for me connor because and i talked about it a little bit with uh, with both eddie Steele and kevin carious on the, the station this morning that it seems like teams and i don't agree with this but they put more stock into pro days now then they do the actual combine because I mean the combine is mostly just measurables, right? You're getting official um, heights, weights, uh, wingspans, uh, hand size, very important for quarterbacks as we know. Um, and then you know straight line running speeds and stuff that it's it's not as practical, I guess, a lot of it. But then the pro day inversely can trick you, and one um, you know. Crossbody throw downfield uh, will <laughs> trick the Jets into taking Zach Wilson's second overall. So I, I think you do have to have a good balance. And I, I think some of the non physical aspects of the combine matter more, and i 'm not talking the wonderlick and the in the s two cognition test those can have value I think in the right situation, but it 's more so sitting down and talking with these players in a one on one setting, uh, getting to know them a little bit, kind of trying to evaluate their character in a um, you know first impression type situation so uh, in terms of watching it it doesn 't really do it for me but i, I don 't hate having it on the background i won 't disagree with that
0: i mean i I always just kind of say you just I kind of made the comparison to Valentine's Day with Gregor last week. You know, you you don't want to drop the ball. You don't have to be amazing, but you just don't want to drop the ball. You don't you, want to go there and be the guy like, oh, my goodness, Marvin Harrison Jr., 20 pounds overweight, ran a 4.840. Embarrassing. Like, you you just can't be brutal. And I think most teams are still going to resort to your film and probably the interview process, see if they like you as a person. But you just can't fail. Oh, my. Sam Bennett didn't do any chin-ups. <laughs> Right? Like, that wasn't a good look for him. I Which, mean, he did, it end,
1: did it end up mattering? I don't think so.
0: And I, th- th- that was just kind of a fun troll to be like, how many push-ups can you do? So me and Sam Bennett can do the same amount. But how does that relate to hockey? How does pulling your weight up relate to hockey? You know? Grit. <laughs> well, you know, down down in Florida, he's got 13 goals. He had 28 goals a couple of years ago. Never really panned out in Calgary, but... Yeah, you you have to take pretty much everything in this whole scouting process with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, it can mean nothing. Uh, Some news from Oilers practice, an optional skate this a.m. Ryan Nugent Hopkins back on the ice. Jason Greger saying you can expect these lines tonight. Fogle, McDavid, Hyman, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Kane, Yanmark, McLeod, Perry, Holloway, Ryan Brown. Looks like Sam Gagne draws out. Defensive pairings, Narcisi, Akon Bouchard, and Kulak Desjardins. And Calvin Pickard will make the start for the Oilers when they take on the Minnesota Wild. Uh, No confirmation on who's starting yet for the Wild, but it looks like it might be Mr. Gustafson. What do you think about that? Make those lines for the Oilers?
1: Of course. How could I not? Uh, No, I mean, with with Nuge likely to draw back in, um, it I think it makes sense, right? It seems like the, like you're not going to shift Warren Fogle uh, out of the top six after what he showed you. He's earned the right to stay up there. So, it, uh, yeah, I, I think it lines up very, uh, very well. I mean, Rodney Hopkins not going to play on the fourth line, so uh, I think we can all be happy with that.
0: It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun <laughs> to see what happens. Uh, how many people taking that Connor Brown goal tonight? What's the line? It's wild. It could happen. Anything could happen uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, a team that I know Oilers fans might have that that distant memory of the Oilers having very little success. It uh, looks like they'll roll out with Karel the Thrill. Erickson Eck, Boldy, Zuccarella Hartman, Marcus Johansson, Lucchini, Rossi, Letieri. Great line. Duhaime, Duar, and Freddie Goudreau. Defensively, Jacob Middleton, Brock Faber, Jonas Brodine, Declan Chisholm, Dakota Mermis, and John Merrill. Uh, The Minnesota Wild uh, should be an interesting game tonight down at the Ice District. Uh, Elsewhere around the NHL, for those uh, fantasy players, you've got the Jets taking on the Blackhawks, Connor Bedard in the return, of course. The Sabres will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. That could be an interesting one. Uh, Not too many big-time point producers In those games, Uh, in the NBA tonight, the Toronto Raptors are in action, taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks, not exactly a great team, but Trey Young, I think if you're playing a little daily fantasy, especially the way the Raptors like to leak points, could be a nice player. He's averaging 26 on the season, Cavs take on the Sixers, Rockets host the Suns, Clippers and Grizz. Thunder taking on the Wizards, Heat, Pelicans, Timberwolves. Bucks. That should be a fun one. Two teams with thirty five plus wins each. The Hornets in Golden State, taking on the Warriors, Trailblazers, Nuggets, and Spurs Lakers. Busy night in the NBA on this a Friday night when you look at it. But going back to the NHL branded, if you're doing some daily fantasy tonight, the Oilers are always going to be tempting. Maybe Leon Dry is a bounce back game. Kinda weird that he, you know, goes pointless a night where the Oilers do score a bunch of goals, but when you look at the Sabres, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, Jets. Wild Oilers, uh, any particular matchup stand out to you?
1: Oh, I think the Oilers' uh, wild game is the marquee one of this night, and I don't think it's particularly close, to be honest with you. Um, is, uh, we had a text from uh, Brett from Stoney earlier in the, in the morning asking about maybe some same-game parlay-type action. When you're dealing with bad teams like the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks, it, I think just, like, yeah, they're bad. But there's also a little bit of wild card in the fact of like they still have skilled players like Connor Bedard, like um, I mean, we saw the Blue Jackets put up seven on Anaheim the other night. So like there's still ability there. I, I sometimes like to go a little bit more into the the closer matchups like the Wild and Oilers. So I'm uh, I'm kind of piecing my way through some of the, the props on that one to see if I might build something like a three or four legger that, you know, cashes out at a, at a decent number. So the Wild and Oilers are without a doubt what I'm focusing on. But the Sabres... They're a team that just keeps treading water, I, I guess. Maybe is there a better way to put that? I'm not sure uh, because they're not out of it. They're nine games or 11 games back of, a, or pardon me, 11 points back of a playoff spot. That that seems like a lot, of course, but you can make up ground pretty quickly because we still got, you know, 25 to 30 games left in the season uh, for most teams. So, um, Sabres, they're scratching and clawing. I think they would like to try and make a late season push um, with the Jets. It's a matter of like just take care of business against an absolutely abysmal Chicago team. A lot on the line for Minnesota and Edmonton, though. Both Edmonton looking to, to try and catch Vegas and Minnesota – much like buffalo but in a more realistic sense climb the playoff race because they're only four points back of that second wild card spot trailing st louis but uh, 68 to, or 62 to 58 points so um yeah the, the jet the wild some shot props some kind of piecing together that i think i like for the night a couple of high volume guys um combined with what you can expect from those on a night-to-night basis uh you know the likes of Connor mcdavid probably to to put some points on the board
0: yeah, I'm just thinking back to that game. Uh, sorry to bring it up, but uh, Ducks Blue Jackets. It was s- a barn burner. <laughs> we saw what eleven goals in that one. Yep. I mean, hey, maybe that continues. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we get a lot of goals out of that one. Who knows? We will have Who, to see. I I actually was just about to
1: open it and see if Pekalukin is scheduled to start. He's likely um, for the for the um, Sabers. He's been very good lately in, in his most recent stretch of games. So um, I would I would feel comfortable taking the over on uh st Lo- uh buffalo goals pardon me but maybe not the total in the game uh depending of what the line's at if it's six and as opposed to six and a half i might be interested but yeah it because uh, at least they can salvage a push but um yeah I, the the, the sabers they're just loaded with so much talent but they they just can't piece it together for long enough stretches to really like i said be a playoff team again this season They're they're kind of just floundering
0: Got a text coming in here, one 833 1440 I asked for their name once. They said, don't have a handle yet. So that is what they're listed as in the sports 1440 text system. Afternoon, boys. It is morning, but good afternoon. Good Maybe morning. Maybe he's
1: somewhere else. How are you
0: doing? That, hey, that is true. We're having a debate in our 12-man Cats League right now. One of our categories is game-winning goals. It drives me nuts because it's a completely flute category to win, but some people like it. Yay or nay on game-winning goals as a category?
1: Well, just like when you're gambling, playing fantasy sports, for every bad beat, there's also a backdoor cover, right? <laughs> that, that's how these things work. And the game-winning goals category, I, I've had it in the past when I played in Cats League, and I've I've vocalized this previously. Cats Leagues are, are my favorite kinds for hockey. The head-to-head points, I, I'm not quite as keen on. Um, because same thing, you can give extra points for game-winning goals, whatever. But the fact that, let's say it looks like you're out of it, you're down a couple categories uh, heading into the Sunday night game or something, and you have a player score two goals that A lifts you about you you secure the goals category and one of those is a game winning goal and that other breaks a tie in that category draws you back even to eliminate it like it's just it's a little more chaos into the mix which I think for fantasy sports is a good thing like if you just want to trot out goals assists points and, and like cut and dry I don't know that doesn't do it for me. I I totally get where don't have a handle yet is coming from and the fact that it is kind of fluky but hey some players just have that have that natural knack right if teams go teams that play overtime a lot you like their guys um, who are on the ice to start overtimes and things to be the most likely to cash those in Um, but like I said it it just changes because it can drive you nuts because it'll end up losing you some weeks aka the bad beats but down the line it might end up winning you a couple weeks with the backdoor cover sides of things so it's a Take it or leave it. I like it in the mix as a category because the more categories, the better. I like shots. I like blocks. I like hits like a full banger league and then throw game winning goals in to give a little more element to the skill side of things as well.
0: I wonder, you know, if you looked at it through the entirety of this season, if it would kind of balance each other out, the good and the bad potentially hurting you. But it is kind of fun, I suppose, if you're in a game and it's 7-1 and your player currently is the game winning goal and, you know maybe the team gets a garbage goal yeah. and all of a sudden that shifts like that, that kind of stuff, I think kind of makes it interesting, but if you're on the wrong side of it, I could see how you wouldn't like it. Uh, what a more thing to announce here. Uh, the NFL announcing that the 2024 salary cap will be $255.4 million per club. That's a $30 million increase from, uh, the 2023 season. So some teams that were in cap struggles, like my Chargers, the Saints, a few other teams, uh, getting a little bit of help. I think for the Saints, that goes from uh, $80 million over the cap to fifty mil over the cap. So, hey, they got a ways to go still, but $30 million extra to spend, I have no data to suggest that this is true, but I'm just going to thank Taylor Swift. Thank you, thank Taylor. You.
1: Thank you, Taylor Swift. We salute you. It is crazy, and it just... <laughs>
0: Could you imagine if the NHL was just like Here's the 30
1: NHL's salary cap has not gone up thirty million dollars since its inception? I don't think. <laughs> what was it? The, like in the first year after the lockout, was it like sixty million dollars? I'll take a look here. See if we and can. And now find it's out. like around ninety, I think. Man, I, I feel like I should know these numbers off the top of my head a little bit better. But it uh, like in one
0: season, thirty million dollar jump. So the upper limit, when it all came to be in 2005-2006, was 39. And now we're... 39? 39. This is per cap friendly. It went 39, 44, 50, held at 56 for a few years. And uh, by 25, 26, we're going to get up to 92. Okay.
1: So So not quite as extreme as what I just said, but
0: let's call it 50 million in almost 20 years. It took a decade for the NHL. It went from 05-06 from to fourteen fifteen for it to go up 30 mil. And the NFL is just like, we'll just do One it. One year. I mean, hey, you, <laughs>
1: you look at the income figures and uh, you don't have to, that's about as far as you have to look to get validation for um that type of a jump but yeah i mean hey there's a lot of clubs that are going to benefit from this w- without a doubt and um some teams all of a sudden can look at maybe keeping some more pieces in the fold instead of cutting them loose whereas if like you said the saints they still got to make quite a few uh changes and moves uh, even still but it should lessen the blow a little bit heading into next season
0: uh brett from stoney says you guys got to betting yet
1: I mean, maybe how about we'll do that in the third segment third segment i'm uh, i've been been reviewing my numbers brett um, I had to, I got set back a little bit during the morning show because the text line was down, so we were trying to get that figured and solved and a few other things. But uh, regardless, uh, we'll have uh, I'll have I will have a same game parlay for tonight's Oilers Wild game, backed by some very brief and not too deep research, but it's not just gut feeling type stuff. How's that for you?
0: 12 leg parlay no, coming up with no. Brandon Atta. Uh, no, we're, <laughs> we're keeping it tame,
1: keeping it tame.
0: Uh, we'll get to that later on in the show. Up next though, we're going to be joined by John Macri, uh covers NFL fantasy with pro football focus combine coming up next week. So we'll try to get you a little inside information on who you should be watching and uh, where maybe some ideal landing spots will be for some of the top prospects as they begin their NFL journey. It's Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie Douglas with you here. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line, as always, brought to you by the fine folks down at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Eleven twenty two. it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove and we're right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. As we're coming to you live from the Stingray Studios here in the west end of the city. Hope you're all having a fantastic Friday. Of course, if you want to get in on the conversation, one 401 1440 is the text line and the best way to do so. Uh, in exactly one week, I do believe defensive backs and tight ends will be working out down at the NFL Combine. We're going to talk about that with our next guest here, brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting make it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. I know Gregor was kind of preaching about that. He went in there for the shave after he lost his hair bet. I will say Tommy Guns, the, the scalp massage they do. My gosh, tough to beat that one. Uh, Big fan of Tommy Guns. Happy to have him on board here as a sponsor with Fantasy Frenzy. We bring in John Macri of Pro Football Focus and PFF Fantasy. You can also check him out on the PFF Fantasy Podcast. John, good afternoon. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, guys. How are you?
0: We're doing really good and uh, really excited with the NFL Combine coming up shortly. One of my favorite events to always have on in the background. Just try to see uh, who we might be looking out for in a couple months here when we get to the NFL draft. And uh, always an exciting event. Now, let's start off with some of the receivers, because I I think that's going to be a fun position to watch at the Combine. Uh, The big names will be there. We've got Marvin Harrison Jr., of course, Malik Neighbors out of LSU. Uh, I, I think right now we probably have to have Marvin Harrison Jr. as kind of the top one, 1A prospect. But when you're looking at the other guys, uh, who who kind of stands out for you from what we've seen on film at least?
2: Yeah, so like you said, yeah, Marvin Harrison, I, he definitely stands out. I, I would say he's he's hands down the, the probably the top guy for me as well. But the other guy that I think is really close is, is the one you mentioned, Malik Neighbors uh, out of LSU. Uh, you know, for one of the smaller wide receivers in the draft like one of the things that I think just impressed me the most with him is just his ability to kind of slip out of tackles bounce off of guys fight for extra yardage which you kind of love to see from these guys that aren't necessarily big for the position and he's just electric with the ball in his hands as well like I I just was I came away super impressed with Malik Neighbors um, really smooth route runner working out of the slot can play outside as well but um, he, he was really exciting for me Even Romo Dunze, like, in Washington, I thought there was a lot to like about him, too. The way that the Washington offense was kind of built around getting the ball in his hands. Like, he had a ton of designed screens with, with, you know, offensive linemen and blockers out in front of him to, to create a lot of those yards after catch opportunities for him. And, you know, maybe not as smooth of a route runner as somebody like a Malik neighbors or, or a Marvin Harrison jr. But uh, there there's that size speed combo from him that I think that NFL teams are going to love and, and something that I think we'll, we'll kind of get to see in the combine a little bit. So um, yeah, those two for me right now, uh, right next to obviously Marvin Harrison jr. Are, are going to be three of the most exciting players i think to watch at the wide receiver position
0: so let's just stick with those three because like you i mean i i have those my top three i feel like they could all go top 10 they're just that talented could be an earlier run on receivers where do you think would be the ideal fit for each of those players when it comes to fantasy football next season
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, for Marvin Harrison, the one I'm really, really hoping for is the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, I I just think it'll be early enough. I I think L.A. is picking. God, I want to say I want to say fifth. Five. Yes. Yeah. Fifth. So. He's it'll be right in that range for him it might be a little bit later than where he might actually go but pairing him with a Justin Herbert you know Keenan Allen well into kind of the back nine of his career Mike Williams has had the injury issues there's only one year left on his contract Quentin Johnston they, they took in the first round last last year I don't think what he showed as a rookie is going to give you any kind of hesitance to attack the position again in the first round so that's that's the one that I want to see the most um other, other than that, like Malik Neighbors, I think the Giants, if I'm looking at teams that maybe need like a true number one wide receiver, and I think Neighbors can be that guy. You could, Like I said, can play inside or outside. Um, and there's nobody on the Giants right now that I think is going to keep them from considering him either. Like they have holes for sure in, in different positions. But if they don't go quarterback in that those early picks. I, I think it, he'd be really hard to pass on in my opinion. Um, so I'd like that one um, for Odunze probably also in New York, like the jets, I, I think, you know, outside of Garrett Wilson, they don't really have much in the receiving game. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. I think he's going to need more and you could add a big bodied wide receiver in there who can be used in in a number of ways there to pair with Garrett Wilson. I think that could be a really nice fit as well.
0: We are joined by John Macri of Pro Football Focus and PFF Fantasy. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter or X at PFF underscore Macri. Uh, John, just looking at the running back position this year, uh, I know, you know, we saw last year there was a lot of hype around Bijan Robinson, and then, you know, we even saw Jameer Gibbs sneak into the first round. Uh, When you look at the running back position going into the 2024 draft, who stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd be surprised if there were any first round running backs this year, I guess, but. The one player I think so far, like just I haven't watched the entire class yet. I, I've watched a handful of guys, but the guy that I probably have as, as my favorite right now is Jonathan Brooks uh, out of Texas. Um, he's only a one year starter. He, he played behind B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson last year, so obviously didn't see a ton of playing time in, in 2022. Uh, too, but Last year, really well. He looked really good at 0.48 missed tackles force per attempt, which was the best among this year's class uh, over the past two seasons. That translated to him as a receiver as well. Um, he's got ideal running back size, right? Six feet, 207 pounds, and, and just somebody that I think is more than capable of kind of handling the early down and, and goal line work it'll be interesting to see how NFL teams value him. I guess he's he's very young and, and kinda inexperienced, I guess, at the position. So they might not view him as a starter as a rookie, but I think he could be somebody that's that's really interesting long term, um, you know, if he if he ends up in a spot like Green Bay, for example, where, you know, AJ Dillon's a free agent, Aaron Jones only has one more year left in his contract. Like I, I think he could be a really fun player down the road.
1: John Macri from Pro Football Focus and PFF Fantasy, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Now, John, uh, moving over to the quarterback position, and we've seen it over the years that, you know, uh, even the can't-miss prospects like the likes of Trevor Lawrence, it's not always a guarantee that they're going to have immediate success in the nfl usually because they're going to a bad team but uh we all know caleb williams and drake may kind of sit at the top of the pile for this year's qbs when you look down to that next grouping of of jane daniels michael Penix jr jj mccarthy and bo nix is there is there a clear-cut order that these guys come off the board for you or is it maybe depend on uh some teams trading up down or or just really what the fit's going to be uh into the first round
2: Yeah, I guess I I like the way you put it there. I think, you know, fit is going to be dependent on just how the NFL views them because I think outside of, like you said, Caleb Williams and and Drake May, it's kind of what you want in your quarterback. And, I I mean, Bo Nix, a really interesting player. He scored really well in, like, our stable metrics categories as far as, you know, um, metrics that translate from college to the NFL uh, did a really nice job at limitate, limiting like negative plays, which is which is a key uh, and something that was you know a, a struggle for guys like Michael Penix Jr. and even Caleb Williams scored a, a lot lower in that scale than him. So I thought that was really promising. Even J.J. McCarthy and Jaden Daniels did well in that in that regard too. So. It's really kind of about what you want. Right. And, and as somebody who's not necessarily watched all of the quarterback tape right now and just watched, you know, a small handful of it, there's there's it's kind of a pick your flavor type situation, I think. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to be the top two, but there could be as many as I think five potentially quarterbacks going in the first round this year
1: now john when we tie this all back to to fantasy and in that same kind of train of mind as we're talking about fit is there any particular player that i that you think will be maybe most impacted in terms of their potential rookie season uh, production on the fantasy side of things based on where they do get picked like uh, you know athletes are athletes and they're going to perform to the best of their abilities but is there any specific one player either at, at any one of the skill positions even Brock Bowers with the tight end going in with the running backs and wide receivers that you think uh, you know if he doesn't land in the right spot could really be decrease his potential value as, uh, as a player next year
2: Yeah, potentially. I I guess the player that kind of comes to mind is is somebody like the the running back out of Oregon, Bucky Irving, um, who's a smaller back, right? He's 5'10", he's under 200 pounds. I I think it's just going to depend, you know, if an NFL team – views him as capable of handling a, a significant workload. And, you know, it worked out for, for some guys last year in, in small sample sizes, right? Devin H.N. In, in Miami and, and Keaton Mitchell in Baltimore. Like these were both smaller backs, but we saw them be fantasy relevant and, and have success in the NFL, um, even though it wasn't you know necessarily full seasons. And then both of them dealt with injuries. So that's kind of the guy that I think Bucky Irving, I, I think he's really a really good player a good, really good runner I think there's a lot of promise with him in his game as far as being able to create with the ball in his hands he, he was second in this class and missed tackles force per attempt he was second in yards after contact per attempt as well he's got some really great jump cuts and, and, and things like that to that you like to see on tape but it, the, the thing is just going to be how NFL teams value him and, and if they view him as a starter because he's not that ideal NFL size that I think a lot of teams are looking for
1: John Macri from Pro Football Focus PFF Fantasy uh, joining us here on the program. Connor Hallibrand and Douglas with you. John uh, New England currently slated to pick third and, and to the naked eye as with the assumption that um, either someone trades up or the Bears take uh, Caleb Williams at number one and Drake May going two. Like does New England almost by default have to, to latch on to Marvin Harrison Jr.? I know you said uh, him in LA would certainly be exciting but without a, a quarterback in place, does does Harrison to New England make really sense at this point, or is he just too much of a can't-miss prospect?
2: Um, Yeah, New England, it would be really interesting. Yeah, it just depends on what they think about their quarterback situation. I don't think they have their their future starter on the team right now, right? And, and I don't know how much they're going to like the other guys in this class at three. It could be a potential trade-back opportunity for them, because they're also a team that has a number of holes to fill right so if they can you know recoup some more value with that pick then i i, I could see them doing that for sure but yeah you're right marvin harrison like he's just really hard to pass on it and, and i don't think he gets past five at the chargers he might not even get past four at the cardinals right so if they feel like they can punt the quarterback position and until next year or they they have plans for the future then you know, pairing a future young quarterback with a Marvin Harrison Jr. is about as nice as a, a prospect as you can get. So, yeah, that 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 is a good spot for him as well. I I would imagine.
1: Uh, last one for me for you, John. Um, I know that your focus is obviously much more on the players themselves, and like you said, breaking down film and everything to to kind of evaluate them heading into the draft. But I just wanted your two cents on what you your opinion is about what the Chicago Bears will do with the number one pick. Uh, uh, obviously, Caleb Williams touted as this can't miss guy up at the top of the class but uh but Justin Fields it, it, the value to trade uh, him compared to the number one pick is obviously so much less so just your two cents on what do you think the Bears might do and or, or what you think they should do
2: yeah what they might do I think they I think they draft a quarterback I, I think they stay put at one like we saw them move out last year right and 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 stick with Justin Fields and it I like Justin Fields as a player. I think, he, I think he's a good quarterback, and I think there's potential there. But I think for the chance to, to draft Caleb Williams and, and potentially get even more promise out of him, um, and, and for a few more years as well, I think that's going to be too hard to kind of pass on. So I could see them drafting uh, Caleb Williams. I, I think I like you said what I think they should do. I also think they should drop Caleb Williams, but I I don't mind the idea of of trading out again and and getting a haul because, I don't know, I I do think that there's potential with Justin Fields. I I still liked him as a prospect. I liked that there's, you know, I like his potential in the NFL. It hasn't come together just yet, but still a young player. So I think he can go somewhere and still be successful in the NFL, but I I think I'm still taking the quarterback at one, and I think the Bears are probably going to do the same.
0: John uh, Declan Kruger, one of our other uh, coworkers here at Sports fourteen forty nine, we're having the discussion. Just looking at the receiver position here in the draft, obviously Malik Neighbors from LSU, but you've also got Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, in the past, we've seen some of the duos that they've had: Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You had Odell Beckham with Jarvis Landry. To go back way back, you had Dwayne Bowe and Craig Davis, both were first round picks back in two thousand and seven. If I were to say that LSU is wide receiver, you. Would you agree because we had Alabama and Ohio State in that conversation too.
2: Yeah, those are the other two teams <laughs> the <laughs> other two programs that I was thinking of as well. Um I mean, yeah, I I I think you're right. I think LSU probably is number 1. Oh man, that is tough. I, Alabama's right there. <sighs> I, yeah, I, I I mean Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, just recently, like there maybe there's some recency bias there, but like <laughs> you said, Odell Beckham into that conversation as well. We'll see what Malik Neighbors turns into, but yeah, I think I'll I'll go with LSU. I,
0: yeah. I like it. That's a good debate. I'm sure uh, people will have their biases, but it's a uh, it's yeah. a really tough one. Uh, well, John, thanks so much for doing this today. I Really appreciate you hopping on, and hopefully we can get you on a little bit closer to the draft
2: absolutely guys yeah thanks so much for having me and uh yeah you have yourself a great day
0: you as well there you go that is john Macri pro football focus uh pleasure having him on you know we're we're always going to talk football when given the opportunity and the nfl draft i don't want to get too descriptive but when he mentioned marvin harrison to the chargers your eyes lit up across this desk connor um i don't think he gets past four but Chris, if he does Christmas morning there's been a few times in my life when I've said, you know, like, lock it in, home run pick. Derwin James fell to 17 a couple of years ago. People mm-hmm. called me crazy for mocking that one, but I feel like I willed it into existence. That would be a slam dunk. They would run to the podium. Like, I don't think they'd take more than two minutes to make that pick. Marvin Harrison falls to five. You take him.
1: I know. Uh, John said that he both thinks that Chicago will and should hold on to the first overall pick. I think I agree with him, but if they were to trade down, does the number three spot not look like the best of both worlds where you probably get something in addition to uh, to moving down just two spots? New England sets themselves up for what they hope is the start of another you know, reign of terror in the AFC East. <laughs> And the Bears can uh, pick up Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to complement the rest of that uh, offensive kind of thing that's slowly starting to piece together. DJ Moore, of course, had a great season, but um, you know he's already been around uh, quite a few years at this point in his career. And maybe you give it another look with Justin Fields, or once again, you just pump the ball down the road because you're probably going to get New England's um, first next year in that package potentially as well, depending... Uh, how aggressive that new management uh, group is going to be with Bill Belichick no longer in the picture. So that that one really uh, entices me. I think Washington is content to sit at number two and just get Drake May. Uh, I think they'll be be happy with that. But man, if the Bears wanted to move move that pick, they'd there'd be a be no shortage of suitors. I think. And you might get more overall from someone further down this list, say in Atlanta, um, who knows if the Giants want to be in that mix or something, Denver, Vegas, uh, way further down. But you might get a little less, but to sit at number three and still have a – who is arguably the best overall player in the draft uh, fall to you there, uh, I think that would be pretty tough to pass up.
0: Yeah, I mean, and obviously the further you trade down, like if it is a team in the early teens – the compensation is going to be a lot you're, more. You're, you're
1: talking next year's first, probably the year after that's first. And, and maybe another. And probably a roster player, a good one. Carolina's just
0: kicking themselves. <laughs> for making the, that pro- move. the
1: problem is Carolina set this market at such a level now that the Bears, if they want to trade again, are still, they, they, they are going to getting residual value off that trade because, well, this was the market for a so-so number one pick. What's the market for a guy like Caleb Williams? Who I know is—I don't know if it's smokescreen season, teams putting out there that maybe that he's not as as can't miss as originally thought, but I think that's you know trying to decrease his value so they could try and trade up and maybe grab him or something. I don't—I don't know, but uh, by all accounts, you know, it's been a couple years in the making. This guy is the real deal. So,
0: and you do wonder. I mean, if if Chicago does make that trade and does trade down to three. Yeah, Washington would would they be saying, "Hey, you know, anybody want to get up and take Caleb or uh, Marvin Harrison?" Yeah, well, the Chargers say, "I'll we'll give you a first and a second to move up a couple spots here. Yeah, you'll still get your guy or one of your guys." And then, yeah, how far? Yeah, how I, far I down guess, do you go? I guess
1: I guess it really depends on how much the Commanders value Drake May over the likes of maybe Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy. Um, and well, I,
0: I think honestly, I think those two guys. You, it's funny you name them. I think those guys have a lot of potential. I think they're going to wow at the combine. Mark Carthy and Daniels.
1: Yeah. I I think Daniels will, that guy's an athlete. Like he, he, we've seen it. We saw him run the ball this year in LSU and he's got a cannon as well. So I think he's a guy that will really pop with some of these metrics. They, they take into account. Um, it's just a physical specimen, but I mean, Hey, some guys win and guess what? JJ McCarthy wins
0: and did what it takes to win. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe played a system that, you know, didn't allow him to just put up numbers, but he won the natty, uh, Went to the playoffs. We'll see what he can do at the combine. I, I mean, let's let's see what he does. But I cannot wait to see it. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, JCD says he's worse than Cam Newton. Well, Cam Newton was an MVP once, <laughs> I, I, one in of the most mi- dominant in the midst of Typing
1: that out, I was like, <laughs> if he's worse than Cam Newton, that's, that's okay. a pretty high bar to set because he was one of the most dominant college players of all time, taking a no offense, scrub of an Auburn team all the way. And then with the Panthers team that, you know, they're pretty good. But if you you think that team's even close to the same position without Cam Newton in an MVP season under center, then you're lying to yourself. So, I mean, hey, if Cam Newton's the bar, yeah, I'd say that's okay if you're as good as Cam Newton.
0: Not regarding his player, regarding his personality, what you don't want on your team. Man, I feel like people saw him, like, cry once, and we're just going to hold that against him forever. Maybe that's a knock. Maybe it is. But, Being emotional, uh, but I don't know. I I'm not just gonna throw him out because, well, you know, he showed emotion once. He he jumped in the crowd and uh, uh, cried with his mom. He's 20 years old. He's no. He's the, terrible. Terrible. Throw him. Just don't even take him. You know who never cried? Tom Brady, Dion. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like, hey, it's. It, I think it's okay to say you might look at that as a negative, but to just say I don't want him because of that I mean look, look I, at his numbers the I, guy think can it's foolish.
1: I think it's foolish to do something like that so but I I, I at the same time and and uh, I think it is JCD takes is the Bears fan if you want to trade down and take the package that's sitting there waiting for you I don't fault you for that either it might come back to haunt you <laughs> I mean if Caleb Williams does pan out that uh, you'd be kicking yourself I don't think they're kicking themselves about Bryce Young at least not after one season anyway.
0: No, I mean, hey, it was one year. Bryce Young showed some flashes. That was a bad Panthers team. They they were the worst team in the league again this year for a reason. Yeah. They, they built some defense around that, get him some weapons. I think he's going to be fine, but... Yeah, I don't know. We're we're very reactionary in the sporting world, myself included. I, I cannot deny that, but I, we got to give that guy a little time. Uh, CJ Stroud, certainly what he did this year, put some pressure on the Panthers organization. And Bryce Young, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, let you know what's coming up on the show with the lowdown with Low Tide. Oh, we just got a a kiss blown to us from outside the window. Uh, We'll also let you know what's coming up on the Jason Gregor show. And we'll talk about what's happening this weekend. Uh, Sports 1440 watch party out at century sports bar and lounge. We'll talk about that and more. Keep the text coming. 1-833-401-1440. Our guest today, of course, brought to you by the fine folks at Tommy guns. We'll be back after this. Certainly is Alberta's best beef. Turkey, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Fantasy frenzy. On sports 1440, 1 401 1440 is the text line. Sweetness, NHL 03 vibes from Montana to Rice. Uh, I also had one come in earlier. Niner man 77. Helps the Niners big time. Still not over the Super Bowl loss. Man, if the Chargers lost, and I know they did lose in like 93, can't claim to be a fan back then, I would be distraught for a while. So take your time, heal yourself. Uh, coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide. They got a loaded show. They got NHL rumors at 1220 with the deadline approaching. Lots could be going on. They'll be joined by John Shipley. He covers the Minnesota Wilds for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Also, Murat 8s will join them. Covers the Winnipeg Jets for the Athletic. And then Tyler Yaremchuk at 12, uh, 120. Then declinations at 140. I asked him, I said, can I tell people what the declinations are today? No response. He big-timed me, left me hanging. So, yeah, what can I say? It's going to be a good one. I've been uh, drumming up some ideas
1: to pitch Declan for uh, for future declinations. He hasn't responded too kindly to them. And I'll admit, they're not the best ideas, but maybe he'll get really desperate to come the dog days of summer. You have to lean into some <laughs> of my, my terrible ideas. We will
0: make him. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Millwoods. Which Super Bowl loss? LOL. Go Rams. Uh, Rams fan. Noted Rams fan. He likes the the blue and yellow. Tyler Mill Woods. Uh, then today on the Jason Greger Show. Hey, we're booked up already. Joe Smith will join us. He covers the Minnesota Wild for the Athletic. we got the Cam Tate two-minute warning. Lorianne Munzer, gold medalist at 3 o'clock. Uh, if you've got kids in sports or you yourself participate in sports, uh, always good to hear the mental side of things from Lorianne. Eric Francis will join us from Calgary. Talk a little bit about the Flames, of course. Will they be sellers and, you know, they play the Oilers on Saturday night. It's going to be a fun one. Teams wearing their uh, Heritage Classic jerseys one more time. Always good to see. We'll have Wanya Gretz, Craig Button, Spec, Low Tide, The Ski Report, five questions and more. Uh, Brandon, a big night tomorrow for us down at Century Sports Bar and Lounge at the Century Casino on Fort Road. Oilers watch party. Oilers taking on the Calgary Flames. That's an 8 o'clock puck drop. If you get there from 5 till 7, though, you'll be entered to win two tickets to the game, and they'll also pick up your tab. So if you like to live dangerously, you go there, and you start ordering steaks and beers. You run up that tab, and then you win two tickets to the Oilers game. Tab's taken care of. Boom. You hightail it over to Rogers Place. You watch the game. That's not too bad. So that's going to happen at seven o'clock, when Kevin Carius gets there. Kev rolling in at seven. Kev's rolling in early. He, he wants he wants
1: to be there for uh, to kind of tee up that first draw, and then you know, Kev's a showman.
0: Yeah, yeah. Make I that know. draw
1: himself. Make the announcement. You know, uh, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies. They even say if, even seven, if they're even but. if they're not allowed inside the casino, um, but make sure that whoever is the winner is on their merry way.
0: First man in, last man out. That's Kevin Carius, And that's going to be down at the Century Casino. And then once the draw happens, we'll empty the, bu- the bucket, the barrel, and then we'll take more. We'll be giving away some prizes. We've got some hats. Marty Stevens hooking me up with a bunch of hats to bring out there tomorrow. Also game day food and beverage specials. You know, I'll, I'll be decided on what I'm going to have well in advance. But uh, you don't have to live your life that way. You can get there and decide what you want to have. Hope to see you guys down there because it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Brandon and I might even go play a little roulette or the dingers. Spin that wheel. Black, odd, or high. That's my lifestyle. Uh, I'm a,
1: I'm a, I am am ai like to play the black side of the color scheme as well. I always throw uh, at least one chip in the middle. Uh, if when I'm playing the inside to split the greens, you Got just gotta to, you yeah. just gotta cover your bases because when when you don't have anything there and it lands on zero double zero, you just feel so stupid right it's It's basically throwing money away, but at least uh when you do hit one of those even splitting them, you kinda usually can cover all the money you've dumped on it throughout the rest of the night so but then uh middle twelve, I like to dance around in there, a couple of my favorite numbers, thirteen seventeen, twenty. Uh, and then 27 moving into the the third 12 as well. So i got a few favorite plays, but it all depends how the uh, the great ball is falling on any given night. It can go either way. I'm also a notoriously unlucky person. It uh, It's kind of what I'm known for, actually, amongst uh, several groups of friends
0: of mine. So we go the other way. Yeah, just fade me. Fade me. Uh, earlier on in the show, we talked about a little bit of a parlay that you had put some thought into that you might be looking at. As we always say, if you are going to put some money down, make sure to use your game sense. Be smart out there. But, Brandon, uh, what's something that you think makes sense tonight? So I have five legs
1: on tonight's Minnesota and Edmonton game. Totals to plus 1,100. So there's a little bit of wiggle room here. If you want to maybe exclude a leg or two that you didn't like, you can still uh, get yourself a decent little plus sign to play with. Uh, Kirill Kaprazov, over three and a half shots. It is a the shots one is always tough because sometimes you're sitting there you're like, How did that not count as a shot on goal? Um, but Kaprazov over two shots on net going all the way back to the end of January. Uh he's had over three on net in his past five games in a row. Um and if you go back even for that more than three or more uh in all but one going back nine games. So there there's a, a trend there that I mean he he's an electric player. He's very, very good. And I talked about this morning with Kevin Eddie. I think probably the most underrated superstar in the league. And I do put him in that superstar category. He's, he's uh, as dynamic as they come uh, right up there with the likes of McDavid and, and Nathan McKinnon, I think with the puck on his stick speed size, all of it rolled in. So that one's good. Uh, Warren Fogle, two plus shots on net. Uh, he's going to be playing on the top line with Connor McDavid again. I think um, with McDavid kind of looking more of a pass happy player this season than maybe last year, I think a chance to to set up Warren Fogle and continue um what was a very strong game the other night and of course rewarded with a couple goals for it so there's your two shot props matthew boldy over 0.5 player points he has been uh lights out since the coaching change this season probably been the minnesota wild player that has benefited the most and uh i it's just the way conor mcdavid is playing right now the home point streak over one and a half points I, i think is a very good one as well and then finally this is kind of a kicker edmonton oilers money line but in regulation, what we call a three way uh, money line bet to, to say the game will not go to overtime and the Oilers are victorious. So that totals up to plus 1,100. Five legs. Uh, a little said, a little wager on there can pay out pretty nicely. As uh, Connor said, always make sure you're doing so responsibly using your game sense.
0: Brett from Stony says, Love it, Duke. I'm riding. Well, let's, uh, let's hope for good fortune. If Brandon hits, downtown DeWaro at the, uh, century sports. It's Barn all Lounge. going on black. <laughs> it's all going on double zeros <laughs> to, to really go big. Uh, this is, this is a bit of a throwback. Uh, do you remember the show?
1: Tosh oh? absolutely. Is it still on? Mm, can't be. It can't be Daniel Tosh. I think he's a, I think he's quite funny, even if a little over the line sometimes, but, um, he had this bit during that show one time where like they sold a bunch of old props and stuff from their like storage room on the show and said it was going to charity but then they so it totaled like, I don't know, let's call it for simplicity's sake, eighteen grand. Then he they comes to the next episode, he's like, So this we did all this, this is how much money we made. And then I thought, you know what's better than eighteen thousand dollars for charity? Thirty-six thousand dollars for charity. <laughs> so he went to the casino and put it all in one hand of roulette and actually no blackjack, I think it was. And he's like sitting on seventeen or something, and he's just hit. Bust no. bus, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's- Then who knows if, uh, you know, using real money, whatever. But either way, it landed with me. I thought it was very funny. And I I take that same mantra. When I make any money gambling, which is very rare, it's always like, well, this is just found money. Because once again, I'm never betting more than I can afford to lose in the first place. So I just turn around and like reinvest it on an even bigger bet or something uh, because it's like it's found money. Boy, math. Boy,
0: <laughs> don't chase your losses. Well, yeah, but when you win, you can chase your wins. Chase your wins. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Hawk Beef Jerky. The Lowdown with Low Tide crew rolling in here as we speak. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you down there at the watch party tomorrow. Kevin Carius will be hosting Century Sports Bar Lounge. At the Century Casino, Fort Road, 8 o'clock puck drop Oilers and Flames. But if you want to go to the game, get there between 5 and 7. They will be sending one lucky winner and uh, taking care of your tab as well. So like I said, get there at 5, eat like 20 steaks, rack up that tab, and then win tickets to the game and have your tab covered. It's a great plan. Can't fail just like Duke's plan with the old five-leg parlay tonight. Big thank you to John Mac for hopping on talking a little NFL football and the NFL combine coming up right around the corner for Brandon Douglas. I'm Connor Halley. We'll talk to you guys at two o'clock on the Gregor show up next. It is the lowdown with low tide, but first let's get to a sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhawk beef jerky home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove and West Edmonton mall. Wilhawkbeefjerky.com here is Brandon Douglas.